This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and on today's show, we welcome the author of The Power of Zero, How to Get to the 0% Tax Bracket and Transform Your Retirement, David McKnight. Plus, in our headline segment, a new credit card gives big rewards to people who love food and movies. But if that's you, should you grab it? Of course, we'll have an opinion. We'll also throw out the Haven Lifeline to a lucky listener, answer a question from the mailbag, and give you the experience of a lifetime with my amazing trivia. And now, two guys who love both food and movies at the same time. Joe and O-J-J-J-J-G. Nothing I like better than going to a movie and spending $87 on popcorn. I was just at the movies. It wasn't 87 but it was very close. <laughs> it is. My favorite is when you're like, can I get a small popcorn? And they give you 77 ounces of popcorn. And you're like in a small Coke and it's 29 ounces of Coke. And you're like, seriously, I'm going to throw all this out. No, but you get free refills. Yeah, I couldn't eat that much. <laughs> I couldn't eat a small popcorn at an AMC theater if, if that's all I had to eat all day. It's so funny at Cinemark. You have to get the large of everything and they give you free refill. I'm like, really? As if you're not already a glutton just getting the large. Now I'm yeah. the world's biggest glutton. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Popcorn and Movies podcast. I am Joe Salci. Hi, average show money on Twitter and that across. could be our show. We are. We, it, could, it very well could be. We are winding up for a big episode today, OG. We've got a lot of ground to cover, man. This is, we are packed and stacked on today's show. Kind of like my suitcases, ready to go on uh, a little Labor Day vacation. Well, it's funny you say that because today's episode is brought to you by the Stacking Benjamins Three City Tour. We're headed to your neck of the woods if you happen to be anywhere near Orlando, Kansas City, or Detroit for tickets, which are going quickly. Head to stackybedjamins.com forward slash tour, and you can see us at the Improv in Orlando on September 25th, at the Improv in Kansas City on October 9th, and then October 24th, we'll be in fabulous Ferndale, Michigan, just north of Detroit, where we will be at the Go Comedy Improv Theater, all comedy clubs, OG. Yeah, they're in for a surprise. <laughs> it's like, I thought that was supposed to be a comedy bit. I did see one of the places, and maybe they all do because I didn't click into all of them, but I did see one of the places has a dinner package too. They do. Hot darn. Yeah. You can come in, eat some chow, maybe have a pop or two or five or a hundred and watch the show. In that one segment of the show that may or may not exist, 
we might have a game that might involve foamy beverages for people that are ah. that are there. You don't have to have a foamy beverage. Or, or just carbonated ones or flat water. Absolutely. Whatever is your thing. Yes, just a beverage. And by the way, big thanks to Bloom and to TIA for making this happen. Bloom is lending us their co-founder, Chris Costello, for the entire tour. He's awesome radio. The people He doesn't know what he's getting himself into, but okay. Oh, you, you Actually, I, he does. I was going to say, you and I have known Chris long enough to know. He knows exactly what he's getting into. And he's kind of fired yeah. up, which is cool. I talked to him just yesterday and he is geeked. And then uh, TIA is going to talk about a difference maker in the community. They're celebrating 100 years and they're going to bring on somebody and we're going to talk about how they're making a difference in either the Orlando community, in the Kansas City community, the Detroit community. So you're going to meet some some superstars from each of these towns. Love it. StackyBenjamins.com forward slash tour to see us there. We are touring some headlines next, OG. And then we've got the one and only David McKnight, who not only knows all the economists out there and is just a phenomenal tax and accounting guru, he has a documentary coming out this coming month, which is uh, on everybody's must-see list. I will say, how cool do you have to be to have a documentary? I know. Made after your book. It's awesome. So we'll get to David here in just a second. But first, we've got a couple headlines packed full of goodness. So let's move. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our Stacking Benjamins Headlines. Our first headline today comes to us from USA Today. This is written by Kelly Tycho. What do you think about this? New credit card offers big cash back for foodies, movie buffs, but how does it compare? I, I saw foodies, check. Ching. Movie buffs, check. Ka-ching. <laughs> this is the last thing I need is another credit card in my wallet, but <laughs> hey, if it's got a sign-up bonus, I'm in. Foodies and movie buffs, Capital One wants to put a new card in your wallet. Last Tuesday, the McLean, Virginia-based company announced a revamped saver card with the highest cashback percentage in the industry for both dining and entertainment. It's really targeted at anyone who enjoys food and enjoys experiences. Sounds like me. Okay. <laughs> Said, That's a pretty broad brushstroke. Do you like to eat and do stuff? This card uh, is for you. Mm. Said Lauren List, Capital One Vice President of U.S. Cards. There's no other card out there that offers 4% cash back on these two categories with unlimited rewards. Industry experts agree that 4% is among the highest year-round offer in both dining and entertainment, which includes many movie theaters, theme parks, sporting events, and concerts. Quote, that 4% cash back offer will definitely catch people's attention, said Matt Schultz, chief industry analyst at comparecards.com, which is owned by mortgage lender LendingTree. Dining drives an awful lot of credit card spending, including among folks who chase credit card rewards. So they're definitely will be interest in this card. Saver still has competition. Cards such as Discover and Chase Freedom offer 5% on dining and entertainment, but only during quarterly rotating promotions. Although experts were impressed with the Saver card's cash back, including 2% on groceries and 1% on all of the purchases, they said the $95 annual fee could be a turnoff for frugal customers. Quote, it can offer a great sign-up bonus, great category bonuses, but if you're not going to get $95 from your dining and entertainment purchases, you're leaving money on the table, said Joe Cortez, points and miles expert. Well, that's pretty much the biggest thing when it comes to any of these is you have to read the fine print when it comes to the benefits, when it comes to the points, the miles. I mean, even something as simple as Mrs. OG just got a, uh, a letter today from uh, Citibank. 
that said, hey, hey, you've got some unused credit. It's like, yeah, no kidding. I got all sorts of it. Access it today for 0%. Hey, I'm a sucker for 0%. I'll take it. And read the fine print. Well, the fine print is 0% for the next 12 months with a 5% charge on the check that you write the 0% from. So it's really not 0%, it's 5%. So that you, know, ch- you can't be safe and secure with it because <laughs> that's the arbitrage thing, right? The, I was the, just thinking the gambler that- in me is where you go, yeah. well, I'll take my $5,000, 0%. I'll put it in the bank. I'll go make a hundred bucks interest and I'll pay it off in 12 months from now. But if you're going to charge me 5% up front, <laughs> so you got to read all that stuff, whether it's the credit card uh, reward points or, you know, they mentioned some of the other cards, Discover or Chase, you got to activate those. and We talked about this also else. last week with Dave from Tennessee about mm. you also got to know thyself first, right? Yes. I mean, even before yes. any of that, know, know you. Because if you're not paying them off every month. Yeah, if you carry a balance on any card, it doesn't matter how great of reward system it is. Which is funny because that's the one thing it didn't talk about on this card at all, which is the APR on the card. And I know a bunch of people that when they look at their credit cards, because they don't pay it off every month, they're like, well, what's the interest rate? And the reason they don't even talk about this here is I think they assume that you're paying it off every month if you're playing the credit card reward game, because frankly, the interest rate doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, it shouldn't, but just the 95 bucks matters. It'll be interesting to see if this puts any pressure on the, arguably the two leading companies in this right now. So does it make sense to kind of fill your wallet with these niche cards? So the one that works oh, best man. on airlines, then the one that works best on movies, then the one that works best on, you know, I'll tell you Home what. Depot. So I do this and no joke in the safe. I've got the whole stack of them. Quite often I forget to go, you know what I mean? Like you go, oh, I'm not going to drive home to get my Lowe's credit card so I can get 5% off at Lowe's because Lowe's is right here. I'm just going to go in and get the gallon of paint I need. And call today. And so I think that uh, there is a law of diminishing returns there. I don't know what the number is, but uh, it happens <laughs> it happens long before you get to 32 accounts. <laughs> but you're past it. Yeah. yeah. yeah past we it. were having this discussion in the basement Facebook group. By the way, if you want to join us over there, it's stackybedjamins.com forward Only slash basement. The cool kids are allowed. Which means if you go to stackybedjamins.com forward slash basement, we'll probably let you in. <laughs> but it's a solid maybe. It is a it's a definite promise of, mm, think about it, like mom says. We'll think about it. Ask mm-hmm. your dad. It's what they'd always say, right? When they want to think about it, go ask your dad. And you go mm-hmm. to dad, go ask your mom. And then you know you're in big trouble. But many people there in the basement, they play the reward point game. And Lee, our friend Lee at Bald Thoughts, he does a lot of travel hacking. He even mentioned that the key to that game is in opening the new account. Because opening the new account gives you this cha-ching for oh, yeah. monster, monster extra Well, even points. with that, you have to pay attention to the fine print, too, because companies to. are starting to crack down on that. You know, those the uh, habitual offenders, I guess. And now companies have different rules about how many of these you can have and how many of that you can have. So there's nothing more frustrating than getting your brand new fancy credit card and realizing, yeah, you don't qualify for the bonus points. Sorry. Yeah, I think you have to look in the mirror first. I'll tell you one offer where you don't really have to look in the mirror at all. And I thought this was something different than it really was. If you shop at Target, 
you should get the red card. And there's two versions of the red card mm-hmm. at Target. There's the Target... I think I know what you're going, talking about here. Yeah, there's a the Target credit card. Don't do that one. There's the Target debit card where it takes it right out of your bank account like you're it's using your debit your card. It's your bank account. Specifically, no, you know, they always try to get you with the credit card promotions. And forever, I go into Target and they say, would you like to open up a red card? I'm like, no, I don't need another store card. And they're not offering me anything. No, forget it, I don't need it. And then I found out... <laughs> that it's actually a debit card and you get 5% off if you use it and you still get any discounts like around the holidays when they offer discounts around black Friday, I'll go to target and find things that are on sale. You get the extra 5% on top of that. The target red card, I think is a fantastic. I can just see you stocking up on champagne and deodorant (laughs) at Christmas time. You're like, there's a hell of a deal on degree antiperspirant spray. Well, you have to fill Doug's stocking with deodorant. I mean, it's, it's the only time. A little bow on it. Yeah. Our second headline comes to us from TIAA. They have a brand new study out. This is interesting. Findings from the 2018 TIAA plan sponsor retirement survey show that both nonprofit and corporate for-profit employers are uncertain about their employees' financial futures. of plan sponsors are worried about rising healthcare costs for retirees after they leave the workforce. Second, 77% are worried that employees are going to outlive their retirement savings. And 75% are worried that their employees aren't saving enough money. I remember working with people in HR and people in HR going, listen, we put on these seminars, nobody comes. Nobody comes. Can't get anybody to come. And part of it's because they don't trust the company, which is sad. But really, the company, the company's usually as a third-party vendor that's out there talking about this stuff. So nonprofit plan sponsors, 32%, are more likely than for-profit plan sponsors, 23%, to advocate for their employees to put their savings into an investment that offers lifetime income distributions once they retire, aka some type of an annuity type option. Very difficult for employers to balance both sides of the equation, it sounds like. They want to help and they want to provide services and tools, but then they also have to be kind of a disinterested third party and make sure that they get third parties in there as well. Very difficult if you're an employer trying to help your employees along the way. Yeah, 75% not saving enough. The flip side of this is kind of, there's 25% of employers that just don't care. Apparently, I mean, if I interpret that, maybe it's not that they don't care. They yeah, that just... <laughs> doesn't mean that's the other side of that yeah. 25. It could be like, I mean, think about like a university program, you know, talking about TIAA-CREF and how their history, a lot of it is in the uh, public service space, right? So think about the benefits of those public service organizations like universities. Sometimes some of those universities, they get two to one matching on, you know, you put in five, I'll give you 10. If that's happening... I'm not worried about your saving. I mean, we're putting 15% away minimum a year. We just gave you every incentive possible. And if you're not putting money in, it's your issue at that point. Well, I know at some schools, and I'm thinking about public universities here, it's not optional. They they say, oh, now that you've reached this age, they give you until whatever, 30 or 35. And the the mandatory minimum is 5%. Nearly half of all plan sponsors are only somewhat confident in their employees' retirement futures, and one in five say they're not confident at all. The top reason for this low confidence, 55%. The rising healthcare costs, once again, is the big one. 55% of 
choosing not to participate in a retirement plan is the reason yeah. they're not not confident. I can't I can't well, understand. This goes back to the discussion about if you force people to put money into their 401k, those people have a higher likelihood of taking the not money wanting out. to do it. <laughs> you know, going fine, you can you can put it in there, but I'm going to take it out as fast as you put it in. You know, this is an area where I agree with Susie Orman. She talks about people say that they cannot afford to put money into their retirement plan. But if they can't put money into the retirement plan now, she said, you have to project yourself into the future. What's going to change five years from now, 10 years from now? And by the way, if you don't put any money away now, how are you going to feel 10 years from now about your future? Like you Mm -hmm. have to get yourself and Tony Robbins has talked about this. It's either inspiration or desperation, and you have to change your mindset for a lot of us so you make yourself feel desperate, right? If I I get myself into a little bit of a panic mode, I'm going to do it. And like Susie says, if you can't afford to do it today, how are you going to feel 15 years from now? You're going to feel- you can't afford not to. Yeah. Good stuff here. We'll link to this study in our show notes page at stackybenjamins.com. I think the lesson here is your employer offers some programs. Maybe they're not OG, the best things in the world. I'd still go to those. I would go to those and find out as much as I can about how my retirement options work, the different things HR offers, dig into those retirement plans. A lot of the time you find out that maybe, maybe your business even as I know some businesses that I worked with had Costco memberships or Sam's Club memberships that we could get a yeah. discount with. Uh, Gym lo- membership. Yeah, local attractions for the kids, for the family that they had. And people in HR said people would never take advantage of any of that stuff. Find out. Get, get from your employer every single benefit that you can, not just a paycheck. And then the second takeaway, 4% cash back on a credit card with a $95 annual fee. As much money as I spend at AMC, it might be worth it. Know yourself. And for OG, thumbs up, buddy. Stack it on the pile. (laughs) David McKnight, upstairs talking to mom. He graduated from Brigham Young University with honors back in 1997. The past 20 years, he's helped put thousands of Americans on the road to the 0% tax bracket. Of course, you've seen this guy on Bloomberg Radio, the New York Times, CNBC, Yahoo Finance, NASDAQ, Reuters, Investors Business Daily, and all over the place. Of course, he's appeared on the main platform of Forum 400 and is a focus speaker at the Worldwide Meeting of Million Dollar Roundtable in Toronto, Canada. His best-selling book, the Power is Zero sold over 140,000 copies. A book on taxes sold over 140,000 copies. The reason he's coming down to the basement, new edition coming out with all the changes, all the tax law changes. So we're super excited to have him here. David Knight coming down to the basement. And coming down the stairs to the basement, David Knight. how are you, man? Good, Joe. How are you doing? Good to see you. Well, I'm gr- I love this idea of no taxes, right? We all love the power of zero, but this is kind of a scary thing because we want to get to zero for a lot of reasons that you talk about in the book. If you don't mind, you tell a story at the very beginning of the book that talks about why, why tax rates are going to go up in America. Why are they? 
Yeah, so the story I tell right out of the shoot in the book is about a guy named David Walker. He's a CPA. He's a, he was actually more than just a CPA. He was a former comptroller general of the federal government. That means he was the CPA of the entire country for 10 years. He did that under Bush and Clinton, so he's totally nonpartisan. He has the ability to really just sort of look at the numbers and tell it like it is. And back in 2008, he appeared on a radio show and he said, hey, look, I got some bad news uh, he told the radio show host, says, tax rates have to double or we're going to go broke. And she didn't believe him. So he said, look, I can give you a four-letter word that explains why tax rates have to double. And she couldn't guess what it was. So they opened up the phone lines and people started to call in. And none of the callers could guess what the four-letter word was to explain why tax rates have to double. I mean, there was kids, debt, uh, wars, jobs. He finally told me, he says, math, math is the four-letter word that explains why tax rates have to double. What does he mean by bath? He's basically saying, look, if if this is what your country is bringing in in tax revenue, but only you know, you're spending double that, you either have to reduce spending by half, double taxes, or some combination of the two. So this is one of the smartest guys in the world saying that our tax rates have to rise dramatically or we're going to go bankrupt as a country. And yet most of us are saving into tax-deferred plans where we're saying, I'm not going to pay the tax now. I'm going to wait until later, hoping that the tax bill down the road is a bunch lower than it is now. And that's the irony of it all. I think, you know, back in the 70s and 80s, when tax rates were dramatically higher than they are today, that sort of strategy made sense. You get the deduction on the front end, you postpone the payment of those taxes until some point much further down the road and hope to pay that tax at a lower rate. That mathematically really makes sense. But we're now at a point where we just experienced the Trump tax cuts Taxes really haven't been this good in a really long time. You can make the case that, you know, the Bush tax cuts were a little bit lower, but the the income parameters governing these brackets today are as good as they've ever been in probably 80 years. Yet we continue to pile money into 401ks and IRAs, getting deductions at historically low tax rates only to postpone the payment of those taxes till some point much further down the road when all of these experts are telling us tax rates are probably going to be much higher than they are today. So you're saying, David, that if we're a family in America, what happened is, is we have less income coming in and we're still spending more? Oh, yeah. I mean, if you want to sort of liken this to the average um, American household, you've got uh, 50 grand coming in, but your expenses are 100 and you keep piling debt onto the credit card, and it's just getting worse and worse and worse. To put it in perspective for you, all your neighbors are getting their houses in order. They're all paying off their debt because things are going relatively well. But what are we doing as as our household, which is sort of the federal government? We're just making it worse and worse and worse. So there's really no end in sight. When it comes to the people on the other side of this, I, I love a phrase that you use. You say that we're in this game with the IRS. I think you call it a game with the IRS. They're our opponent, but the IRS can change the rules on us at any time. Yeah. So it's like I, uh, I say, when you put money into an IRA, it's a little bit like going into a business partnership with the IRS. And every year the IRS gets to vote on what percentage of your profits they get to keep. Doesn't sound like a great business partnership. So you could have a million dollars in your IRA, but unless you can accurately predict what tax rates are going to be in the year you take that money out, you don't really know how much money you have. And it's really tough to plan for retirement if you don't know how much money you have. Can we walk through the three different tax buckets that you have in the book? And I know there's so many concepts in the book, and obviously in 15 minutes, David, we're not going to get to all of them. So we'll have a link to the book in our show notes at stackybenjamins.com, and we'll talk about where people can get it. But the three different ways money gets taxed in America, can you walk through those? 
The first bucket, and I'll try to be brief, I'm not great at being brief, but the first <laughs> bucket is basically what we call the taxable bucket. These are going to be like your emergency fund type things, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, uh, money market CDs, savings accounts. This is what you need for an emergency fund. So basically six months worth of basic living expenses. That's what you want to have in those types of buckets. It's the least efficient of all the buckets out there because every year you get to pay a tax. If you amortize this taxation out over a lifetime, it could cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars if you have too much money in that bucket. So people say, well, what if I have more than six months worth of basic living expenses? I say, that's okay so long as you recognize that there is a mathematical consequence associated with having too much money in that bucket. Monster friction. So, you, you, I mean, you're talking about monster friction. Right. So that's the first bucket. The second bucket is the one that most people are familiar with. And it's what we call the tax deferred bucket. These are going to be your 401ks and IRAs, 403Bs, 457, SEP simples if you're a business owner. This is where you don't pay money uh, as you don't pay tax as your money grows. You pay the tax on the back end. One of the problems associated with this bucket, like I mentioned early, you don't know what the tax rate's going to be when you take the money out. A second problem is that when you take money out, it counts as provisional income, which is the income that the IRS keeps track of to determine whether they're going to tax your Social Security. If as a married couple, you have more than $44,000 of provisional income, then up to 85% of your social security becomes taxable to you at your highest marginal tax bracket. For a lot of our clients that we deal with year in and year out, if their social security gets taxed, it causes them to run out of money five to seven years faster than people that don't have their social security tax because the act of compensating for all that social security taxation forces you to spend down all your other assets that much faster. So, so that's a pretty big deal. And we just, it's not bad to have money in that bucket. You just want to have prescribed amounts. Does annuity money also count against your social security too, David? Yep. Yep. I mean, to the extent that you hold your annuities in the tax deferred bucket, you can actually have an annuity in a tax free bucket where it would not count as provisional income. But to the extent that it's inside your tax deferred bucket, all that income that you're taking out of your annuity counts as provisional income, potentially causing social security taxation. Which brings up then our third bucket, which you spend a lot of time on in the power of zero, the tax free bucket. Right. So the tax free bucket is, um, everybody's favorite bucket. You pay tax on the front end. So the cost of admission to the tax-free bucket is you got to be willing to pay the tax today. So you use after-tax dollars, but once it's in there, it never gets taxed ever again. So you're, we're talking federal tax, state tax, capital gains tax. You never pay that tax ever again. Not only that, but when you take money out of a true tax-free investment, it does not count as provisional income. So it would not count towards those thresholds, which cause social security taxation. I want to jump into those investments in just a second. But before we get there, it seems like you make a great case for tax-free income by saying, listen, tax rates are just going to go up. They're going to be higher in the future. Yet another way I think the government might change the game, which people have suggested before, is this whole idea that this Roth IRA money is going to be tax-free is also a game that could change, right? They could come back and go, well, you know what, the Roth, we need to change the tax code there too, so that we'll tax a little bit of this money. What do you think about that? Well, so that's a great point. A lot of people bring that up. You've got to look at the ratio of qualified plans or 401ks and IRAs versus Roth IRAs. It's about a 20 to one ratio. There's $21 trillion or so 
of money in the cumulative IRAs and 401ks across America. There's only about 800, 800 billion of Roth IRAs. So, I mean, they could tax that and go against all of the promises they've made to America. And, and that would cause people to get voted out of office. But wouldn't it be easier for them to simply say, what would happen if we just raised taxes one or 2% on that 21 trillion? They'll say, hey, look, the tax rates have ebbed and flowed over time. We, we got to be able to increase taxes when, the, when, when revenue needs call for it. So not such a big deal to raise tax rates on that bucket. And it's a much bigger bucket. Once again, easier math, right? Easier to get the math done to get the money that the government's going to need to stay in business. That's exactly right. So on the Roth IRA side, you must be a huge fan then of the Roth IRA. Yeah, so the Roth IRA is really my favorite tax-free investment. And it's not just the Roth IRA, it's the Roth conversion because Roth IRAs and Roth conversions are truly tax-free. They don't you don't pay taxes on uh, you know federal, state or capital gains and when you take the money out it doesn't count as provisional income, so it's not going to cause you problems down the road for social security taxation. I don't think, as evidenced by that ratio I shared with you earlier, I don't think enough Americans are paying attention to Roth IRAs and uh, Roth conversions. And here's the, the other issue that really worries me. January 1st, 2018, tax rates went on sale. They haven't been this good in a really, really long time. Every year that goes by where we fail to take advantage of these historically low tax rates by potentially doing a Roth conversion is potentially a year beyond January 1st, 2026, when the tax rates go up, where we may be forced to pay the highest tax rates we'll see in our lifetime. So really, I think that the message I really try to get out to people is that taxes are on sale. It used to be that I say, hey, some point in the distant, unknowable future, tax rates are going to go up maybe 10 years from now. Well, guess what? Now we know the year and the day when tax rates are going to go up. And so if we let this tax sale go by without taking advantage of it, we really have missed an opportunity. So individuals and financial planners, as you know, David, are spending a lot of time only going up to certain tax brackets when they help clients or help themselves convert Roths over so that they pay the least amount of tax. So they'll go up to the tax bracket line. It seems like right. you're suggesting screw that tax bracket line. It might be cheaper to do more today than it will be to hope that the future is going to continue the way it is now. Yeah, I mean, if what David Walker says comes true and the tax rates double at some point down the road, then that 22% tax bracket that we currently have, we will look back at this moment in time and we will say, why did I not take advantage of tax rates while they were historically low? It will look like tax rates were on sale. We will look back and say, why did we not take advantage of that historically low tax rate? There's another plan that you have here. I used it when I was a financial planner. You mentioned it in the book, uh, the Life Insurance Retirement Plan. There's a huge segment of our audience, as you know, that's going to immediately go, oh my God, permanent life insurance. This is absolutely horrible. And yet you say when this plan is used correctly, this can be a really effective bucket inside of that tax-free area. Yeah. I tell people all the time, you don't have to like life insurance. You don't have to like life insurance companies. You just have to like them a little bit more than you like the IRS because in the end, somebody's getting your money. You know, Ed Slot, who's done six PBS specials, he says over and over and over again, look, 
the tax benefit for life insurance is the single biggest tax benefit in the entire tax code. Not enough people are taking advantage of because they've got the stigma that life insurance is expensive. And I tell you what, when structured properly and when used in just the right situations, it's not going to cost you much more than your 401k on average per year over the life of the program. And it gives you some really interesting benefits like a long-term care, gives you a death benefit, gives you some guarantees against losing money in the market. So I think in chapter five of my book, I really talk about why that is sometimes a good fit for people. It's not a good fit for everybody, but in the certain situations, it really, really is a great complement to Roth IRAs, Roth conversions, uh, so on and so forth. Let's talk about another project that you have based on the book. I heard rumor there's a documentary coming out that you're going to be a movie star. <laughs> there is a documentary. It's actually also called The Power of Zero. And what we found is that the number one thing that prevents people from making the switch from tax deferred to tax free is that tax that they have to pay. They're not convinced that tax rates down the road are going to be higher than they are today. So what we did was we went across the country and we interviewed the smartest people in the country relative to this debt debate. Okay. So we got $21 trillion of debt. We asked all of these PhDs and uh, we actually interviewed former Comptroller General David Walker, Larry Kotlikoff, leading debt uh, expert out of Boston University, George Schultz, former Secretary of State. And we asked them, you're looking at the numbers. What do you see here? And they all said the exact same thing. Within the tech next 10 years, tax rates will have to rise dramatically or we go broke as a country. So for those of your listeners out there who are thinking, hey, I'm not really that convinced that tax rates down the road are going to be higher than they are today. Watch this movie and you're going to get straight from the horse's mouth. It's a little got a little bit of an apocalyptic feel because they talk about how bad a shape we are in as a country. But at the end, we give you some really good strategies on how to get your dollars repositioned to tax-free. It scares me that the mathematicians and the economists like uh, Mr. Kutlikoff are <laughs> apocalyptic. Although I will say this, he can be apocalyptic, but he's also very entertaining at the same time, David. Right. No, he talks about, he's very eloquent talking about something called the fiscal gap. And fiscal gap is not just the debt that we have, but what we've promised that we can't afford to deliver on. And those are what's called unfunded obligations. He tells us that our our official debt to GDP ratio is 100%, but our actual debt to GDP ratio is 1,000%. And the next worst country in the world is Japan, and they're at 250%. So we are four times worse than the second place country in the world, and um, it's not even close. We're way past Greece. We're way past all of these other floundering countries. And while all of these other countries are getting their fiscal houses in order during this great ec economic boom, we're the only country in the world where our debt to GDP ratio is getting worse and worse and worse as time goes on. The book is called The Power of Zero. We'll leave it on that high note, David, <laughs> on, that, <laughs> on that very promising note. By the way, yeah. the, the new version of the book has a chapter on the 2018 tax cuts, how to get to the 0% tax bracket and transform your retirement. Ed Slot writes the foreword. Where do we find it at? You can find it in uh, bookstores starting September 4th. You can find it on Barnes & Noble. Uh, you can pre-order on Barnes & Noble, pre-order on Amazon. All the other bookstores will have it. You can pre-order now, but it'll come to your house on September 4th. Out next week. Thanks for the time. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us. Thanks for having me. Hey there, Money Stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And that David McKnight guy sounds like he knows what he's talking about, huh? But it sure seems like a lot of work to save a few tax dollars. There's got to be an easier way, right? I'm sure this genius mind will think of one sooner or later, but first... Let's deliver today's trivia question. Which president was in office when the USA levied the first federal income tax? 
I'll be back with both the answer and an easy strategy to get to 0% on your taxes in just a moment. Usually we save the trivia for later, OG, but today we're going to talk a little bit about the tour between, we, we got rid of all of our sponsors today, and instead we're all about the Stacky Benjamins me, me, tour. Me, 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 Yes, all about us. So while we're doing that, what do you think? What year? Ooh, um, so who was president? I'm going to say it's a trick question and that nobody was president because taxation oh is it income taxes that we said yeah income well, i mean tax. what about the taxation without representation thing? usa Wasn't levied the, the first yeah. federal income tax when was it oh okay income taxes all right i'm gonna say then uh to pay for the civil war abraham lincoln you locking in that answer abraham lincoln mm-hmm. final answer all right in just a second uh, doug will be back with the actual answer But before we do that, let's talk a little bit about our tour because I'm super excited. I'm very pumped about this. We've never done a tour before, OG, as you know. And if you go to stackybenjamins.com forward slash tour, you're going to see all the details. I want to go over just a few of these, what we're doing in each of these cities. Our special guest in Orlando is Michelle Schroeder-Gardner. She is the brains behind this awesome website, Making Sense of Sense. And she used to have tons and tons of debt working for the man got out of debt in a very short period of time, now makes well into the six figures every month, lives on a sailboat, has a great time, and uh, has definitely figured out, OG, how to live the life that she wants. And even if you're not interested in living on a sailboat, just somebody who's grabbed their life by the horns and decided what to do, Michelle has a fantastic story. Also, we're going to have our Stacking Benjamins band in each of our three cities. And listen to this, uh, Harlan Landis, Mr. Plutus Awards, uh, Miranda Marquit, who is my co-host on the Money Tree podcast, and Andrew Wang from the Inspired Money podcast are going to be our band. Harlan plays just about every instrument out there. And Andrew is a fantastic guitar player. Miranda plays a mean tambourine. So uh, <laughs> we've, we've got them. Paula Pant is going to help us answer listener questions, as will Ellie Kay and Bethany Bayless from the Money Millhouse podcast. We're going to have Josh Elijon from Savings Angel talking about saving money. He lives in Orlando. And also, we're going to talk fintech in every single city we're in. We'll have Eric and Wendy Neeson from DIY.fun talking about the fintech scene in Orlando. And of course, TIAA is going to give us a difference maker in the community. And we're going to talk about how the Orlando community is better served because of the people that TIA is going to help us shine a light on. That is in Orlando. Then let's, oh, by the way, I almost forgot. Our good friend Chris Browning from Popcorn Finance is going to open up the show with a 15-minute episode. Of course, that's about how long the shows are, of Popcorn Finance. We're going to have a Popcorn Finance episode, which will be a blast. I can't wait for that. And then when we go to Kansas City, I can't yet tell you, dude, you and I know who the main guest probably is, and we also know who the opening act probably is, but we haven't... But it's not... Oh, it's so the, close. We got the hook in the fish, but we haven't put it on the boat yet. I'm going to tell you, even without that, it's going to be a great show because our Stacking Benjamins band includes Tracy Phobes' son. Now, Tracy Phobes is going to be there. Tracy is the penny pinching mama. Uh, she's a great Kansas City blogger. She will be there. Carrie Olson, who's a voiceover artist based in Kansas City's there. And get this, they're having Tech Week in Kansas City the week that we're there, the week of October 9th. And 
NBKC Bank is hosting that event and they have a fintech accelerator and they're going to bring five different cool new fintech segments with them to our Kansas City show. So if you're interested in financial technology and where the ball's headed, we're going to have that too. Of course, TIA again, shining the light on a difference maker, Chris Costello from Bloom. That's Bloom's home turf. It's going to be fun. Oh, but I was telling you, Tracy Phobes, Tracy Phobes' son, guitar phenom. You know how old he is, OG? 11. Oh my goodness. We have an 11-year-old band. It's going to be great. And then we head for Detroit on October 24th, and our special guest is Shannon Kaysan, who may be the best storyteller I've ever heard. You've heard him on The Moth, you've heard him on Snap Judgment, and now he's going to be telling a story in the middle of our show. Opening for us is the Debrief podcast. They go over arts and entertainment in the metro Detroit area, so you'll hear a great interview from our friend Seth on the Debrief podcast, and then uh, all the hilarity of the Stacky Benjamin Show, including Shannon Kaysan, also including Andy Hill from Marriage, Kids, and Money, Kat Alford, who's a family financial expert, Brad Lark from Flying Pork Apparel, who does our, does our swag. He also is a guy that plays bars and coffee houses with his guitar. He's driving up from Cincinnati to be our Stacky Benjamin's band. It's going to be fun. We might hear from mom on all these occasions. Of course, we have a bunch of surprises. Tickets at stackybenjamins.com forward slash tour. Come join us. Hope you can. All right, Doug, give us the answer. Abraham Lincoln is who we're looking at. Hey there, task dislikers. Is that a group? I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm finally ready to unveil my much simpler 0% tax plan. Ready? Because taxes are based on how much you earn. This is super easy. Stop earning money. That's all it takes. Sure, you'll have to find other means of living or maybe a rich uncle, but hey, it sure is better than having to pay that uncle in Washington, isn't it? Pull that over while I share today's trivia answer. The question was this, which president was in office when the USA levied the first federal income tax? The answer? In 1891, Abraham Lincoln imposed the first federal income tax, though it was of questionable legality until the 16th Amendment to the Constitution. See ya! <laughs> 1891. I think I think Abe Lincoln would have had to do done something very special to do that in 1891. I'm pretty positive it was uh, Civil War time. Might have been 1861 there, Dougie. But uh, I think uh, I think Doug gets the thumbs down, <laughs> the demerit sticker. <laughs> We're gonna have to cut his pay for being incorrect at his own trivia. I think everything else there is good, but uh, Abraham Lincoln would have had to have come back from the grave. Uh, in 1891. Maybe he did. Maybe, maybe, yes. The alternate history. Hey, let's throw out the Haven Lifeline, OG, and we'll tackle some of life's most important questions. Our friends over at Haven Life Insurance Agency, they're putting what you value first. Uh, first, second, third, and fifth are all going to be 0% income taxes. <laughs> but fourth, <laughs> street tacos. Of Of course. It's why they've made buying quality term life insurance actually simple. Head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash Haven Life now to get a free quote. You'll find out about life insurance the modern way when you do that. Glad to hear uh, once again in the basement Facebook group, people going to Haven Life and getting exactly what we talk about. Life insurance in a hurry. Boom. And issued by 
a company like Mass Mutual, more than a 160-year-old insurer. Today, guess what? Because we're recording ahead a little bit for vacation time here on the show, the Haven Lifeline is empty. So no t-shirt going out to somebody today, but we still have tons of letters. So we're going to- Can I have a t-shirt for answering all these? (laughs) We're going to throw out the Lifeline to Leo. Leo says, life insurance, period. 22 years ago, my parents thought it would be a wise idea to get me a permanent life insurance policy so I can have an insurance plan as well as put some money away for savings. Present day, I have a wife and a child I want to make sure are taken care of in my unfortunate death. The permanent policy pays out $200,000 plus my current invested balance. I don't think that's enough. Everyone says get term life insurance instead of permanent. With the permanent policy, I know I can transfer via a 1035 exchange or just cash it out and pay capital gains taxes. Can I have both policies, permanent and term, by opening another term policy for myself? I feel like I'm stuck in a permanent policy with low payout. Thanks, Leo. Oh, great question. It's amazing here the mixed messages that he's kind of interpolating into, boom, that means I can only do this. So let's kind of unpack this a little bit. With the life insurance that you have right now, it is in force for as long as there's cash value, as long as you continue to pay the premiums. You want to order what's called a reprojection so you can make sure that, uh, you know, they didn't sell you a policy 20 years ago that said you had to pay $5 a month. And someday they call you and go, actually, it's going to be 500 a month now. So I think that's really important. You're going to add? Well, on that note, I'd also verify because he said he's getting the death benefit, the the payout of 200000 plus the amount yeah. he has invested. Generally speaking, Leo, that's not a great way to do that policy. And it's going to make it permanent policies are already way more expensive than term policies. And if you're going to use a permanent policy, generally, you're usually going to stick that cash value inside so it's self-insuring. Meaning, let's say you've got $50,000 sitting in cash. Now you're only buying $150,000. And as you get older, that price of outstanding insurance gets higher and higher. So you want to have more and more cash be inside the policy. So you're working toward- You're buying less and less as you get older and older, basically. To to kind of- premium. Yeah, mitigate that that cost increase. So check that too. Let's talk about the taxes for just a quick second. Kind of right on the tax situation there. If you cash out your policy, then you could pay taxes. But here's the deciding factor. You're only going to pay taxes in excess of the premiums paid over the cumulative amount of time that you've had it. So if you've had it 20 years, there's probably a little bit of a gain, but it's not going to be taxed on the full dollar amount of the cash value. So let's say that the cash value right now is 10000 but over the years between you and mom and dad and everybody that's put money into this thing, you've put $5,000 of premiums into it. Well, the reality is that your taxes are going to be based on the $5,000 gain between the two. And I think you'd find that it might be even a little snugger than that. And remember, the reason for that, I can hear people yelling at their device going, see, I told you permanent policies are a ripoff. Not the case. I understand that it's more expensive and it might not be the right type of policy for Leo. We can decide if we get into that or not. But what I will say is this, if he does have a gain, realize that gain, like OG said, is after the cost of the insurance, meaning that your gain paid the cost of the insurance and you still have a gain. So more expensive, yes. Big time ripoff because there's not a big capital gain. No, he put the money in and had the gains on the policy pay for the insurance if he had a gain. And then the third thing goes, when you're trying to evaluate 
what to do from the protection side. We call it the responsibility part of the plan. What are the things that you're responsible for if something goes crazy? You want to do that calculation regardless of what type of insurance it is because that's solving for the wrong goal. So you want to think about how much do I have to write checks for if I get hit by a bus? What is the missus going to want to do? Probably wants to pay off the house. Probably wants to set aside enough money for college for your child or children. And then we like to build in enough flexibility so that she doesn't have to go out and find work if she's not working right now. Or if she is working, she can take some time off. And maybe that time off is 18 years because she just wants to be home with the kids now uh, full time. And so you can figure all that out and you say, okay, well, I need a million dollars of life insurance or I need two million or five million or 500,000. It doesn't matter the number. Now you want to start looking for what types of solutions fit that. Generally speaking, we're going to err on the side of term because of the reasons we kind of talked about before, a little bit lower cost. And in theory, as your financial plan grows and as your life continues to go on, your responsibilities change. And 25 years from now, you might not have a mortgage anymore. Kids might be done and out of school. You might be financially independent. And you go, well, what are my responsibilities at that point? (laughs) If I die, yeah, I lose some income, but I got enough money saved and the kids are all grown and my debts are paid off. So your life insurance needs will change. Here's how you would want to handle this particular situation. And anybody that finds themselves in this situation where you've got this legacy policy and I almost, I can picture the life insurance guy at mom and dad's table 25 years ago. (laughs) You know, can you, Joe, knock it on the door? Yes. Hi, I'm with hey. Insert Company here. You've had our baby food, and now you too can protect <laughs> your children. You know who I'm talking about. Not anyway. that we're specifying any set company. Yeah, exactly. The first step is identify how much coverage you really need. Who are you going to write checks to if you get hit by a bus? Or who's your wife going to? And how much flexibility? Do you make $40,000 a year? That's your cash flow? That's your lifestyle? Well, guess what? That's a million bucks. Plus, how many checks are you going to write? Pay the $200,000 house off, fund the kid's college for $100,000, boom, now you're at a million three. If you're in reasonably good health, jump on Haven. They go up to two million, I think in almost all states, if not all of them now. So in that case, you'd be fine. Go through the application process. Once your application is approved and paid for and funded, then you go back to the old policy and say, now I'm going to decide how I want to deal with this. Maybe the right answer is to cancel it. Maybe the right answer is to make it pay for itself. That's an option too. You can say, well, I don't want to get rid of it. I do like the idea of permanent life insurance forever. And so you can contact the company and say, I got $20,000 in cash value here. How much insurance does that buy me without ever having to pay another premium again? You know, I'm okay with this thing going to zero when I turn 100. What does this buy me? They may go, eh, I'll buy you $52,000 life insurance. You go, great. Never send me a bill again. I got my $52,000 as you know, when I'm 105, you know, that somebody will get and you're done. Or you may choose to cash it out or you may look at it. We worked with a client recently that had enough cash value that actually in these old policies that he was uh, surrendering actually paid five years worth of term premiums. So, you know, you can look at it from a cash flow standpoint that way too. So, but the key thing here is you don't want to cancel the existing one until you get approved for the next one in case there's any health issues or something like that. Thanks for the question, Leo. Fantastic question, by the way. If you've got a question, Haven Lifeline is wide open. You can take home a Greatest Money Show on Earth t-shirt and have the awesomeness of OG answering your question. 
head to stackybenjamins.com. And at the top of the page, you'll see the questions tab. Click that link and you'll see all the ways that you can ask questions to the show. That's going to do it for today. Hey, thanks to everybody who's left a review of this show. Thanks to everybody who's told friends about us. It's always interesting to hear when somebody says, hey, my buddy listened to you and I just got started. Now I'm binging on the episodes, which is always gratifying to hear. I love it when I'm responsible for people binging things. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, like I'm, chocolate. Ice cream. And cheese sticks. Mm, ice cream. <laughs> In that order. <laughs> but not together at the same time because that's disgusting. Those Gouda cheese sticks. Hey, and if you're somebody that needs... They're very Gouda. Good financial planning in your corner. OG's firm. <laughs> I'm just going to walk right over that dad joke. Thank you. And I'm the master of dad jokes, and I even walking past that one. If you need good financial planning help in your corner, OG's firm is taking on clients. And for you to head down the road to better financial planning, text the word STACKER to 44222 and find out the surprise answer that you'll get. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not a surprise. It might just... No, you get a link to the calendar. Yeah. yeah it's really, really super complicated. Yeah. I kind of like the surprise thing better, but we'll go with that. All right. OG, you're done. I got one more episode. We're going to do a special episode on Friday. No roundtable Friday. Figures. You and, guys do all the special cool stuff when you don't uh, want me around. We do. We are doing some cool stuff, but it's just some interviews that we haven't had room for, and they're pretty cool. Uh, Chelsea Brennan discovered this woman, Megan Grossi. And Megan has this really cool way she's paying her student loans off. And whether it's okay. student loans or a different amount of debt, staying motivated is tough. And so mm. uh, we're going to go over this awesome way that Megan kept herself motivated. And then Pam Andrews, the scholarship shark, whose son got $700,000 worth of scholarships. He has his four-year degree, his bachelor's paid for, and he also has enough money for a complete PhD program if he decides to go. Uh, mm. And this is what... And she, his grandkids and his great-grandchildren. <laughs> yeah. and, and this like is... A, 529 plan that keeps on giving. So we're going to start off with Megan finding a joyful way to pay her loans back, and then we'll avoid it all together by making sure you just don't have any student loans okay. if possible. And in the middle of that, you know how we've had Emperor Investments on the show? We're having the founders of Emperor Investments on on Friday, so that'll be Very fun cool. too. All right. Told you it was a cool show, and I'm not going to be there. OG, have a fantastic week away. Of course, the Finturn will be here, but we'll see everybody back here on Friday. Go stack some Benjamins. Bye-bye. So what did we learn today? First, worried about taxes in retirement? Maybe you should be. By focusing on how you withdraw money early while you're still saving, you'll have a much easier time later because your money was set up in a tax-efficient manner. Second, thinking about diving into a new credit card reward program? Remember that these programs exist for a reason, and they're not to make you rich on reward points. Credit card companies offer these programs because they're money makers for them, not gifts to you. But the big lesson, don't tell Joe's mom about your 0% tax strategy by not working. I just found out who's vacuuming the basement after the show, and only one of us is happy that she's not supplying any paycheck. Special thanks to David McKnight for joining today. You'll find links to his book, The Power of Zero, on our show notes page at stackingbenjamins.com. Hey, Stacking Benjamin supports independent booksellers. If you want to use our link to the biggest independent bookstore, Powell's, head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Powell's and you'll help the show too.
This show was created by Joe Salcihai, produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm wondering if KY Jelly is actually made in Kentucky. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor. You went and saw a movie starring a uh, Mr. Mark Wahlberg. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Called Mile 22. Do you want to live in a world where everybody feels cozy and validated all the time? Or do you want to live in a world that works? We fight new wars. The old options, military, diplomacy. They don't always succeed. Sometimes you need a third option. That's Overwatch. According to the government, we do not exist. We're ghosts. We are very real. And we get done. I'm only gonna outline this one time. Nine pounds of radioactive isotope is missing. It's enough to make six major cities uninhabitable. He knows exactly where it is. Stop where you are, sir. On your knees, get out! What do you want? I want out of the country. He's wanted for espionage. We're talking about a corrupt, low-level cop. You're sitting here indicates he's not so low-level. Be careful. You f***ing be careful. <laughs> Do you have men wandering our embassy? I see Ronda Rousey. I see John yep. Malkovich. Mm-hmm. Of course, Marky Mark. All the other ones you won't recognize. <laughs> All those <laughs> other people, did, like did I. Buckaroo and uh, mm, so-and-so. Yeah. Shoot em up movie. It's right up my alley. Lots of explosions. Lots of bullets flying. The story of this is they are a elite team, kind of like a Mission Impossible team. They're doing some uh, security detail type stuff at an embassy in some country far away. And in comes an informant. And he has some information. And he's willing to trade that information if he gets to go to the United States and gets asylum. So that's kind of this, you know, this side of the building. And then in, in the other side of the building comes the prime minister talking to the ambassador going, hey, you've got one of our cops. Hey, he's a nobody. You should turn him back over to us. Like, uh, wait a minute. And they're like, because you got helicopters circling the embassy and you're sitting here tells us that he is a somebody. <laughs> and so they put together this plan of let's get him out of this city and get him on a plane to the United States. And as, and as soon as we do that, 
then he will give us the code to the to the black box that has all the information on corruption and where the nuclear material is and all that sort of stuff. And so kind of starts kind of slow. And then you get into this, you know, street to street. They're trying to get this guy onto this plane. And it's a question as to whether or not they'll make it. Some people live. Some people do not live throughout the movie. Very, very, very kind of edge of your seat, you know, fighting in elevators, knives and breaking legs and shooting people in the face and all that sort of stuff. So total, total movie for me. Why the bad reviews? I didn't, I don't read reviews, so I don't know. Yeah. I'm just wondering. I mean, if you've got any idea. uh, What what has it got on there for uh, Rotten Tomatoes? I didn't even look. Well, how do you know if it's got bad reviews? Uh, Because I saw it the other day. You saw the movie or the reviews? No, I saw the reviews the other day. I see. I saw the head. It was like a 15, but let me look. Oh, really? Dang. 19%. 19. Okay, well, you know, that's right up my alley. <laughs> us, us 20%ers. You know, that's what I call the people that hang out at the bottom and watch this garbage movie stuff. It is a popcorn movie. It's it's nowhere near as good as Mission Impossible. Like Mission Impossible. It was so good. Really awesome. Best movie of the year, probably or close to it. This is not the best movie of the year, but get your popcorn ready. Get your diet cherry Coke and your bag of peanut M&Ms. It's $19 at AMC, just saying. <laughs> and you, know, you just throw popcorn in. And you can't help but find yourself like, you know, hanging on as this, you know, these they're fighting in hallways. And I mean, they're trying to get from this, you know, one place to the next. It and, does sound like fun. Uh, I thought it was a great movie. And then... I'm not going to say anything more about it. I hope they have something uh, like this on the airplane when I'm headed across the ocean. Oh, here we go. Let me guess. You're going to Germany. How'd you know? (laughs) I don't know. Not brought it up a thousand times. I'm just saying, I'm hoping they have a good... How was your trip to Southeast Asia? Uh, Can I tell you about it? (laughs) No. Well, Stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month, and we are giving out shout-outs to all of our friends who have served in the military. And let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend OG, who spent time in the military. And of course, we know what a giver he is, even when he pretends like he's being uh, Mr. Surly. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate. Take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.